0: The Florida Gators need and might be hiring an offensive coordinator soon. Who should it be? We'll talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports Giants, Country NFL 33. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more new customers. $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Uh, if you're part of the locked on subtext group, then you know these names at least have been talked about a bit there. Uh, we'll talk about them more in depth here. If you're not part of the subtext group and you want to be, it's joinsubtext.com slash gators. And the first name that we're going to talk about is a name that we've talked about a lot when we've talked about who Florida should hire as offensive coordinator. And it's been my personal number one since this conversation started, Willie Korn, currently at Liberty, previously at Coastal Carolina. He's been under Jamie Chadwell his entire career. Willie Korn has a relationship with Billy Napier as a Clemson quarterback under Billy Napier. And there is where we kind of make that connection because so much of coaching is just, who do you know? And kind of not necessarily just, who do you know, but how do you have a working relationship with this guy? What's your coaching connection? with this guy what do other coaches in your realm in in your area in your circle think about this guy and for Willie Korn he's highly highly respected and highly regarded as one of the young up-and-coming offensive coordinators in college football right now a lot of the uh 21 and 12 personnel style which I think that if Willie Korn is hired as Florida Gators offensive coordinator, which I mentioned weeks ago that I was like, Hey, now that Chris Doring, I think said it first on SEC uh, on a, on serious radio. And then I think it was Shane Matthews also said it. And then once they said it, I was like, okay, I feel fine saying it that I was expecting Willie Korn to be announced as the offensive coordinator after Liberty's bowl game. Uh, in, in just a few days at this point. So that's what I was expecting there. Then it came out that that wasn't going to be the higher. And I'm I'm just saying I wouldn't take it completely off the table right here. But Willie Corn offensively, a lot of 21 and 12 personnel. What that means, 21 personnel is two running backs and one tight end. 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends. And we'll talk about this. If this were to be the higher, if this is the higher, if Willie Korn's announced as the offensive coordinator of the Florida Gators, then I will talk about how I think Arliss Boardingham would be a massive winner under this offense. Just looking at, at guys like Isaiah Likely, who is now with the Baltimore Ravens, having a little bit of a breakout now that Mark Andrews is hurt. Arliss Boardingham was at Coastal Carolina under Willie Korn. I could see Isaiah. I could see um, Arlis Boardingham being that next Isaiah Likely type player uh, at at tight end. There, bit of a spread option style where you got speed option, which is like going out wide, and then, then the pitch read option, which is your typical read option zone read triple, which is the the keep or the toss, um, as in the read keep toss uh, freeze option RPO, which. Of those, obviously, Graham Mertz is best suited to run the RPO because those can allow you to throw the ball, and Graham Mertz, not immobile, certainly not mobile. <laughs> and and I think that, uh, that Graham can run the offense. I don't know how well he'd run the offense, just because I do think that it'd be relatively limited, but that's where you open the conversation of if you have Willie Korn Maybe DJ Lagway comes in to run that speed option, run more read, run more triple, and kind of open things up for the offense. And I I do, again, Willie Korn's been my lead high. I know that every time we talk about Willie Korn, it opens a conversation of, well, he's not the primary play caller at Liberty, and that is true. I do think it's important to acknowledge that Willie Korn has called plays, and he has called full games before in their entirety. He's called games before. Yes, he's never been the primary play caller for an entire season. That is true. But this is not someone who's never called plays before. There's a difference. He, he's he's in the middle there. It's a big part of the game plan. He's he's been trusted by Jamie Chadwell to go from basically every stop that Jamie Chadwell has made since Willie Korn's graduated college is where Willie Korn has been working as an assistant coach. Uh, if you've ever listened to him do a Catapult Clinic or a a podcast. He clearly knows what he's talking about, at least based on what we've seen from him at Coastal and at Liberty. He's put a lot of it together. It would be interesting to see how it would work early, but I do think that you kind of take away the option element a bit, and Willie Corn, like this offense, could still work when you look at just what he does and it comes down to, to brass tacks there. It can still work. And then as the season goes on, you implement not just the option, but you can have DJ Lagway working on, a- as the backup to Grand Mertz, DJ Lagway can basically only learn the spread option stuff that's going to carry over, and then by the mid mid-late season, You can have DJ Lagway coming in for full packages to run that spread option style, have Graham come in to make it a little bit more pro style. And then you can 2024, assuming the staff stays, talk about DJ Lagway running that complete spread option offense that Liberty and Coastal Carolina have kind of made popular again. They've kind of opened things up a little bit there. And speaking of an offense that is gaining popularity uh the next offensive coordinator that we're going to talk about is brennan marion who at the time of recording this literally the game just finished uh kentucky beat unlv 49 36 in almost 300 yards in penalty yardage it was kind of wild we'll talk about brennan marion and and his potential with the florida gators here in just a second before we talk about Brandon Marion, I do have to tell you that today's episode of Lock My Gators is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel, and right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollars money line bet. Put it on a bowl game where you're pretty confident one team's gonna win. Maybe their QBs in the portal and, and they're not playing. Who knows? But that's one hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app's incredibly easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, so much. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown. kick off the NFL season right, and remember that FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free reviews in the podcast And like I said, we're going to talk about Brennan Marion here because he is someone that we do have to talk about. There's been a lot of smoke coming lately, and and I know that a lot of people love the go-go offense that he runs. I think the best way to describe it without taking an hour and a half to do so is that it's a very up-tempo, creative run game that features a lot of option principles to it. Um, You'll see a lot of what we call 2X personnel. Uh, which is just, you know, it, it could be 20 personnel, 21, 22, just meaning that there's a two at the beginning and then whatever number afterwards. The two meaning two running backs could be a lot of fun. Uh, you'll see kind of weird things. We saw the Patriots do some of it when Cam Newton was the quarterback because Cam Newton's brother played in the go-go offense under Brennan Marionette, William & Mary. Um, but... You've seen some things here and there. You don't see a lot of it because Brennan Marion kind of created this offense. Um, He didn't create the triple option that is very included in it. He didn't create most of the formations that are included, but he has helped make them significantly more relevant and more effective with how he gets to certain looks. He does a lot of unbalanced looks. You look at a very up-tempo, like they're trying to go, go, go. Hence the go, go. Crazy how that works. Uh, But you'll see quarterback in the backfield running back to his right and then a running back to that running back's right. And you'll see them both there with the read up the middle and then the pitch. and, And it just makes life hell if you're a defender. Absolute hell and Brennan Marion, like Willie Horn, is a very well-respected young and upcoming coach. And I know a lot of Florida Gators fans do not care about the young part. They're just so sick and tired of that. I'm not. Uh, I, I will say that, yeah, some positions, I'm like, okay, sure, bring in an experienced guy. I think I would want more experienced guys at position coaches. But if we're talking about coordinator a lot of times it's the young guys who kind of, kind of create the name for themselves and kind of work their way up the ladder with opportunities like this. And sure. Some guys fail. Some guys don't, but guys like Brennan, Marion, Willie, the Cor- like guys who are implementing new things or new ways to get to those same looks, those work frequently. So for me, I'm fine with it. I personally love what Brennan Marion does. I love the go, go offense. My biggest thing is not the age. It's not that he doesn't stick in multiple spots. He's coached in like nine states in 13 years. Um, And I think he's only been at a place longer than one year, like twice. I love what he does. Where I become skeptical is how it would work with Billy Napier early on. Because you have to call an offense – that's at least somewhat similar to what Billy Napier does, because obviously it's what these guys are used to. It's what these guys guys know as just players. And it's not what Brennan Marion knows. But also there's some just principalistic details, I guess. Is that a word? I don't know. It might be, but it's what I'm using as a word now. But there's some issues there where Brennan Marion is very... 20 personnel heavy, 21 personnel heavy. And on the flip side of that, Billy Napier is very 12 personnel heavy. And so it's, it's not just, Oh yeah, you're used to using two running backs. We don't do that. It's like you're used to using two running backs, maybe one tight end. We're used to using specifically one running back, maybe two tight ends, maybe one tight end. And that's the huge majority of the personnel makeup for the Florida Gators. So you'd have to kind of find a balance there because Brennan Marion's not used to calling plays with uh, 11 personnel, and that's fine, obviously. Uh, But Billy Napier is used to the 11-12 stuff, whereas Brennan Marion's used to the heavier running back setups there. I don't think Florida really has the running back room to really commit to running the go-go offense right now. And I was trying to tweet about this Not directly this issue yesterday, but just the running back room yesterday, where I'm not thrilled with the current situation that they're in. I like a lot of the players in there, but you're projecting kind of a lot to think that Florida shouldn't go into the transfer portal to add a running back in this cycle. Because you look at the running back room right now, and there's five main names people are going to bring up. Montrell Johnson, who we're expecting back, but has not officially announced his return. So Montreal Johnson up in the air. Cam Carroll, who can come back. Uh, we've been told that there might be some nerve damage with the knee. Not sure if that's going to really slow him down, make him stop completely. So undecided. Treon Webb had a very, very limited role in 2023. Undecided what he could do with a larger role. Kanan Daniels, I'm a huge fan of the film. But again, things change when you get to the college level. Undecided, if he's going to work there. Jaden Ball, the other running back signing. One, I don't think he's ready regardless. Two, like I think he's way more raw as just a pure runner. Um, and so again, you're then projecting even Further as to what he can do immediately. So I don't think that this is just a running back room where we go, oh, it's awesome right now. Like there's nothing wrong. I definitely think there's, some, there's something that you have to look at there. And if you bring in a guy like Brennan Marion, who likes to put two running backs on the field at once, you're one injury away from having just a true sophomore and, and true freshman. It, let's say Cam Carroll can't go. If Montreal comes back and does get banged up, which. He got banged up this year, played through it, but he got banged up this year. But you could be looking at your only running backs being Trayon Webb, Cannon Daniels, and Jaden And I like all three of the guys, but are they going to be lead backs in a rush-heavy offense? I'm sure as hell not sold on that. So that's where it's like, it's, it's not even a knock. It's just I don't think they use the personnel right now to run what Brennan Marion likes. Brennan Marion can make the offense work without a dual-threat quarterback, but it works a hell of a lot better when you do have that. And so I think, again, I love what Brennan Marion does. I just don't know how he would mesh with Napier. I, I genuinely, I just don't know how they would work together given where Florida is right now, where people are just publicly acknowledging, hey, Billy Napier's one one more bad eight games from not being here anymore this seems like one of the riskier potential hires just because you got you need a lot to go right and it can but I'm not a big fan of projecting things that just suddenly work in our favor as Florida Gators fans so I think that that's where I am but but schematically what Brendan Marion does is phenomenal what he does to the run like that's I get it. The passing game is the sexy stuff. When we're talking about just straight up just scheming things, a good run game is a beautiful thing to see. That's what makes the 49ers so awesome. Not just their passing game. It's the beautiful run game setup that they have. Same thing, unsurprisingly, with Mike McDaniel at in Miami, who was the 49ers run game coordinator. You get those fun run games going, and it opens up everything in the passing game as well. So that's one of the reasons I really love what Brennan Marion does as a schemer, as a game, as a game caller. I mean, hell, if you can come up with your offense the way that he did, you're an incredibly gifted football mind. I just don't know if it works out if he does come here, but Hey, if he does come here, I will be, I'll like, I want to make that clear. I'll be excited as hell. If he's the Florida Gators OC, I'll just be skeptical as to whether or not it's going to work. Uh, In Gainesville, at least. The last name that we're going to talk about is Russ Calloway, the current tight ends coach for the Florida Gators. Um, If Billy Napier decides to go with an internal hire, I mean, Russ is far and away the obvious choice here. I think he's the only coach on staff with offensive coordinator play-calling experience because he was at Stanford for it was five years, but I think with Russ, the biggest I guess, benefit that he brings is system continuity, where you look at Willie Corn, you look at Brennan Marion, and you're like, all right, you need to make some pretty big changes to the system to fit what they do. With Russ, he's been here, he's been in Gainesville for two years. But the first year he's defensive intern. Uh, last year he was the tight ends coach, and I mean Hay- Hayden hansen has been on the show a bunch of times. Just like what he does, helping us learn mentally is incredible. Uh, so I think Russ Calloway gives you that system continuity of he's probably going to call what these guys know and what what worked, but he'll probably add in some kind of spread out air raidy type plays into the offense. And look, I I, I absolutely understand. Russ Calloway is not the fun hire. He's not the exciting hire. He's not the sexy hire, whatever it is. However, I do have to acknowledge that the whole time we've been talking about Billy Napier needs an offensive coordinator, my big, again, I know that there's a ton of people who have problems with the scheme and and all that stuff. I don't. So I'm not going to pretend that that's something that's driving me up a wall at all. But my thing has been that when Billy Napier got hired, we were promised a detail-oriented CEO type of head coach that was going to nail the little things. We haven't gotten that at all. Not even a little bit. So for me, that's where I have a little bit of yes it's not fun yes it's not sexy yes it's not exciting but he serves the main purpose for why I think Billy Napier needs an offensive coordinator that we were promised detail-oriented CEO type and we sure as hell haven't gotten that in Gainesville whether it's the middle eight the, the last four minutes of the first half the first four minutes of the second half whether it's timeout management, whether it's uh, not going, no huddle up tempo earlier, no matter what it is, we haven't gotten detail oriented. See how half the time we can't get the right number of people on the field on special teams. And I get it. He's, he's not the game changer coordinator. He's not the whatever. I don't care when it comes down to it. Stuff like that is trickled down from the head coach, his organizational skills, his detail-oriented ability. When you're failing at that, that's where the rest of it comes crumbling. It's operational issues, and operational issues should not be a thing for the Florida Gators, especially through year two. In year one, sure, you can give me some of that. In year two, it got worse than it was in year one exponentially can't have that happen again. So for me, that's why I'm like, you need to hire an OC. For Russ, I mean, look, I'll say this also. Russ Callaway helped with game planning, specifically in the red zone following the Charlotte game. Because if you remember the Charlotte game, Trey Smack set the record for field goals made by a Florida Gators kicker in one game, if I'm not mistaken. It was that because they would keep getting into the red zone and not getting into the end zone at all. So Russ started helping with that, and the team got better. I don't think Russ is amazing at all, but I do think that he he helps this team get better here. And I will also say that if you move Russ Callaway to offensive coordinator, because so I, I think some of the things that people like to talk about is like the offensive line situation, offensive line coaching situation. I think either way you replace at least, you either remove one offensive line coach and keep the other. So if you remove sale, you keep Stapleton. If you remove Stapleton, you keep sale um, or you remove them both and replace them with one offensive line coach. Either way, you clear up a spot. If you give Russ Callaway just, Hey, you're the OC. And then you hire a new tight end coach. I, I think you can do that. You can keep Russ Callaway as OC tight ends have just one O-line coach. And then now you've got a space space for a special teams coordinator that could be on the field or whatever it may be, or move Austin Armstrong to linebackers, hire a safety coach, call that a day, whatever it is. You can do that. I will say that it would suck for the tight ends to have, I mean, three straight years of a different would it be four straight years if you're someone like Keon Zipper because it would be Tim Brewster in 2021 William Piegler in 2022 Russ Calloway in 2023 and whoever it would be in 2024 if you were to remove Russ Calloway from tight ends um which I don't think you should do like tight ends and from 2022 to 2023 you look at Hayden you look at our list, they both made significant strides in that time. So I definitely don't think that uh, that he's not capable of running tight ends. I think he can be an offensive coordinator here. And I think, again, he helps open things up. I think that when you add in what he can bring to the passing game specifically, when you just look at ways that he can introduce new passing concepts, And then you kind of build off that. Because again, like I said, run game for me is like the fantastic. That's where the creative scheme part happens, really. If you have the passing plan set up, you can build off of that with the run game. If Russ likes having a jet motion or an orbit motion, you could build the run game off of those same exact looks and just uh, implement them differently. While talking about passing game coordinators... I would love it, personally, if Jake Peets was still the hire. Uh, He's still right there with me. I think if I had the list, like, who I would want, it'd be Willie Korn, Jake Peets, Brennan Marion. Um, But I don't think that happens. Um, I I think Florida's kind of narrowed down their list, and we've heard nothing about Jake Peets. So I don't think he's there, but damn, I'd be ecstatic if he was the hire. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, every day. We are available daily and free of in the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole nine sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33. And I will see you all tomorrow.